Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, may the words of my mouth, the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, just like the children's lesson, we're going to talk a little bit about John the Baptist. John, he was a rare, unusual man. He was reared in an orphanage by a group of old men in a monastery way out in the desert. And of course, he would turn out a little bit strange. I mean, wouldn't we if that's where we lived and, and grew? His childhood toys were not what we would normally consider toys. He had lizards and scorpions and snakes and giant sand spiders. He grew up alone, very much alone, in the quietness of the desert. The ent his entire life was dedicated to God. In the desert sands and all alone. So they started to come into the wilderness and they wanted to hear this desert prophet. These people were coming to the desert to hear him preach. They wanted to hear what he had to say. They wanted to hear an original word of God. They did not come to be entertained. That's not what they were after. And they did not come out to hear some fanciful wisdom. They wanted to hear the original word of God. They did not come for the entertainment. And his message was very simple. It was prepare. Prepare your imagination, prepare your heart, and prepare your mind. To help us kind of understand this mood in the desert prophet, we need to need the help of a, a rock opera Godspell. Now I'm sure that me saying uh, talk about Godspell. Uh, will date me quite a bit because it came out in the early 70s and we used to listen to it. There's a number of songs on that on Godspell that I really liked. Uh, uh, Herod saying, prove to me that you're no fool, walk across my swimming pool. But here we have an interesting one when John the Baptist, now he slowly enters onto the stage singing and calling the world to be washed and clean in their inner hearts, calling the world to be washed and clean so that the Messiah could enter. John the Baptist walked down the aisle with a bucket of water, and that water was just splashing everywhere, and he was splashing it onto all the people who were around him left and right, and he sang his message for the entire world to hear, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Well, today is John the Baptist. It's the day for him in which we begin to look at preparations. I don't know about you, but I think that there's a lot of preparation going on. We had a lot of preparation when we had the bazaar. A lot of people got involved and prepared for that. And then once it was over, there was a lot of preparation that was involved in putting everything back to where it was. And we're inviting, we, you and I are invited to be preparing for the coming of the Lord. Now, preparation is nothing new to us. We prepare for school, 
I got to study our lessons and everything. Uh, the acolytes here, we were in the back, and they were preparing to come out and light the candles, and some of them for the first time or so. We can't, we prepare to go to work, so preparation is part of that. And we prepare for Christmas. And we're so anxious to prepare for Christmas, we even begin for th before Thanksgiving. Have you ever thought back on something that you had done? I don't know whether it's something that's happening to me as I'm getting older. I start thinking back a little bit more and then, and I go, oh, man, I wish I'd never said that or done that. And all of a sudden, I'm experiencing instant guilt or instant shame. How could I have done that? And regrettably, I don't think I could ever be forgiven for that. John the Baptist calls people to repent and to receive God's forgiveness in the waters of baptism. Oftentimes, at many churches I've been at, people have the baptismal font near the back, and as you walk in, you dip your finger in, do the cross as a remembrance of your baptism and the forgiveness of your sins that you have received. We are forgiven. We experience God's mercy and love. Now we can share that forgiveness. I mean, we've been forgiven, and, and we are in his grace and in his mercy, and now we can share that with those who hurt or have offended us. So how do we forgive others? You know, sometimes I find that to be some of the most difficult things to do. It's not easy to forgive someone who has deeply hurt you or offended you, and you hold a grudge for a long time. It's, it's easier to hold a grudge, isn't it? It's easier to hold anger. Actually, I find it's not so. When I graduated uh, from a two-year college on my way to going to another college that was a four-year college, we had a commencement speaker, and he made, one, he made a comment that has kind of stuck with me all my life. He said, travel light. Travel light. We have a grudge. We hold on to it. Let it go. And you experience a relief. It's kind of like... I retired out of the military, and we would move every three to two years all over the place. And uh, when we would move, we would get rid of stuff. I mean, it's kind of funny how we just accumulate stuff. So we started getting rid of it. And uh, then we get to the next place, and we collect more stuff, and then we move again to get rid of more stuff. It just kind of goes like that. But every time we released, gave something away to a charity or to somebody else, we felt a sense of relief. So how do I forgive others? We need God's grace to empower us. Sometimes we just can't do the forgiving. Lord, help me. I am having an awful time forgiving this person. God's grace helps us to do things we could not have done on our own ability or skills. This comes through Jesus Christ and his amazing power 
and grace. Jesus himself then was baptized by John, and then he went off into the desert, and he spent 40 days and 40 nights in the desert, and he was preparing, preparing for a new mission. He was preparing for a new life. He was preparing for a new ministry, and in the wilderness, you hear the voice of God speaking. Be washed. Be cleansed of the pollution of resentment and rage and revenge. Be washed of that. Let it go. Be washed of whatever is hurting your life or hurting the lives of others. And so we hear his voice speaking to us. Your sins are forgiven. Go and sin no more. Love one another as I have loved you. You shall love God with all your heart and your mind, your soul and your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. Be still and be quiet. Because in the wilderness, we can finally begin to see the stars in the sky and we can hear the whistling of the wind. The wilderness is a dry place. It's dry spiritually, financially, socially, physically. The purpose of the wilderness is to purify us. So in the quietness of the wilderness, we hear, be still and you will hear the voice of God. And so they came, 10, 20, 30, 40 miles to hear him preach. In my own mind, I think of how much time that would take to walk that long, and that was quite a long journey to walk. Or, and they came from the cities, and they got out and went into the wilderness. And what did they see, a reed shaken by the wind? No. They came to see a prophet, and more than a prophet. They came to see a man who had found the powerful presence of God in the wilderness. Amen.